Herd immunity, the moonshot of our generation. Why experts say a worldwide economic recovery will require a vaccine. Whether you're worried about your kids, your elderly parents, your job, your investment portfolio, or all of the above, you're probably wondering when this pandemic will be over and when things can finally get back to normal. Unfortunately, no amount of fiscal stimulus will make this virus go away. If governments are to keep citizens safe, restore the crumbling global economy, and fix dysfunctional stock markets, we must first focus as a planet on one thing, herd immunity. However, herd immunity is tricky to achieve in a responsible way. To achieve worldwide herd immunity without killing tens of millions of people, we will have to accomplish something incredibly difficult, discover a safe, effective vaccine in only a year or two. This massive achievement will require piles of money and a tremendous, worldwide, scientific effort to achieve. It will also require tremendous sacrifice in the form of social distancing until a vaccine is widely available. Coordinating simultaneously the effort of the scientific community with the long-term sacrifice of every global citizen, will be the moonshot of our generation. In this article, I was once skeptical too. Why a vaccine is required for herd immunity? Hope, the path back to normal. What might all of this mean for the economy and stock market? Final thoughts. I was once skeptical too. This crisis has exposed a painful truth, a significant percentage of today's population, doesn't believe in science. However, I'm sympathetic to those people who are struggling with what to believe. I'm not a science denier, but I have to admit I was once skeptical of the numbers too. In late January, I was binge-watching YouTube videos and I came across an interview with a SAR's epidemiologist based in Hong Kong who gave his opinion about the new virus outbreak in Wuhan. I'm sorry I can't link to the video for you. Try as I might, I cannot find the video. At the time, I thought the doctor was such an alarmist, I scoffed at his remarks and clicked away from the video without even noting the doctor's name. Right before I clicked away, the epidemiologist was asked if the virus could be stopped. He replied, and I'm paraphrasing, It will only be stopped when 70% of the world's population has contracted the virus. Insanity, right? 7.58 billion people 0.7 equals 5.3 billion people. Of course, I clicked away from the video. At the time I watched the video, China was still saying everything was under control, except maybe in Wuhan. The WHO said there was no human-to-human -human transmission, and Trump thought. It's going to go away in April, with the heat. Trump, China, the WHO, unfortunately, in the early days of the pandemic, all grossly misinformed the world. With hindsight, it's easy to see why so many of us were all lulled into a sense of complacency. Although there are still a lot of people who are still in the camp of, this is just another flu, this virus does not look like it's going to simply go away on its own. Second infection waves have already started flaring up in many places, some in cold, dry climates, some in hot, humid climates. Hubei Province, China, January 23. The central government declares a lockdown in Wuhan unless draconian lockdowns are imposed around the country. Even after weeks of lockdown, rollbacks have ultimately resulted in new outbreaks. As everyone knows by now, numbers from China are sketchy. But there are many unofficial reports from people on the ground suggesting new waves of the virus are erupting all over China. Hokkaido, March 19. Hokkaido declares they will lift the state of emergency. April 13. Hokkaido declares the second state of emergency in response to a new wave of infections. 
Singapore's first infection case was reported on January 23, imported from a Chinese tourist from Wuhan. Even after extensive testing, tracking, and significant financial resources, Singapore has recently seen cases surge. Inevitably, this list will get longer and longer. Why a vaccine is required for herd immunity? Trying to create a new vaccine is a monumentally difficult, time-consuming, and expensive job. How difficult is it to develop a vaccine? The Ebola virus was first identified in 1976. Any idea when a vaccine for Ebola was approved? It's been used under the Compassionate Use Protocol for some time already however, the Ebola vaccine was not officially approved for widespread use until December 2019. That's not a typo, the Ebola vaccine was approved last December. The drug company Merck expects to start making the vaccine available in the third quarter of 2020, remember this detail, I'll be referring to it later. Although there are now many excellent treatments to save the lives of HIV-AIDS patients, a vaccine still has not been found. In 2018, 1.7 million people were newly infected with HIV. Experts conclude HIV-AIDS will not be eradicated unless a vaccine is eventually found. Naturally, if finding a vaccine is so difficult, you might be wondering why we should bother trying to find a cure at all? Why not try to achieve herd immunity without the aid of a vaccine? After all, this virus isn't nearly as dangerous as the Ebola virus, right? If you're in this camp, you're not alone. At least initially, Boris Johnson and a few other world leaders briefly flirted with the idea of trying to achieve herd immunity without a tested vaccine in place in the early days of the pandemic. However, according to HIV. Gov. Vaccines historically have been the most effective means to prevent and even eradicate infectious diseases. They safely and cost-effectively prevent illness, disability, and death. Like smallpox and polio vaccines. A preventive HIV vaccine could help save millions of lives. It turns out trying to achieve herd immunity for the current pandemic by allowing the virus to spread unchecked through the world population is a recipe for disaster. The cost in human lives and the stress to the healthcare systems around the world is simply too much of a cost for society. According to the experts, influenza and this pandemic are two different beasts. The numbers don't compare. CDC numbers in the video linked below. This is how many people die from the flu each year. The official toll of the 2019-2020 influenza season won't be known for months not that anyone is really fretting about. www.health.com If you want to know more about the difference between the 1918 influenza outbreak and today's coronavirus outbreak, the coronavirus is flu-like but not influenza, learn more at our world in data, read more here. Below is a list of historical pandemic death counts not bedtime reading. The following is an outstanding article by Australian epidemiologist, Gideon Meyerowitz-Katz, explaining exactly why herd immunity without a vaccine is simply a myth. I highly suggest you take the time to read the whole article however, I've listed a few key takeaway points below for convenience. Here's why herd immunity won't save us from the COVID-19 pandemic. It's hard to predict things in a pandemic. The situation changes so much on a daily basis that everything you thought www.sciencealert.com When asked about herd immunity for the first time by a journalist, the Australian epidemiologist, Gideon Meyerowitz-Katz, laughed out loud. Herd immunity without a vaccine is by definition not a preventative measure. If 70% of your population is infected with a disease, it is by definition, not prevention. If only young people are immune, 
you'd have clusters of older people with no immunity at all. If 70% of an entire population gets sick, that means that between 0.35 to 0.7% of everyone in a country could die, which is a catastrophic outcome. My own quick analysis from the article Total Deaths Caused by Achieving Herd Immunity Without a Vaccine, Between 26 and 53 Million Victims, Worldwide 7.58 times 0.0035 equals about 26.5 million victims. 7.58 times 0.007 equals about 53 million victims. The bottom line. Social distancing is necessary until we find a vaccine for this virus. Any Trump-like shortcuts aren't going to work. Trying to achieve herd immunity quickly without a widely available and cheap vaccine will kill an insanely unacceptable number of people, full stop. Hope, the path back to normal. To achieve our moonshot, Bill Gates thinks there are three phases to getting back to normal. In the short term, start widespread testing so we know where the enemy is and where it's moving, think of it like developing reconnaissance against the enemy. In the midterm, work on developing treatments to save the lives of the very sickest patients, think of it like refitting factories to support the war effort and fighting defensively to keep supply lines open to soldiers at the front lines. In one or two years, achieve our moonshot by developing a new vaccine, D-Day. Remember Merck's timeline for distributing the Ebola vaccine. It will likely take many quarters to develop, distribute, and vaccinate everyone on the planet who needs vaccination. Three-phase recovery. Although we haven't achieved any of the recovery phases outlined by Bill Gates yet, the world is mobilizing. Testing numbers are still far short of where they ultimately must get to for effective tracing, yet testing rates are steadily increasing. Serious money is also being invested in the development of new drugs to fight this pandemic. As of April 6, 2020, there are over 200 clinical trials for treatments or vaccines that are either ongoing or recruiting patients. Most of these efforts will fail. MIT put out a study in 2018 that concludes only around 14% of all drugs are able to complete all phases of a clinical study and achieve FDA approval. However, the large, and growing number, of drugs being explored to fight this pandemic is certainly a ray of hope. What might all of this mean for the economy and the stock market? First and foremost, the ultimate recovery of the economy and stock market is going to take some time. With a vaccine one or two years away, there is no way the economy will recover anytime soon. Nearly 80% of the U.S. economy is in the service sector. Without confidence the virus is contained the consumer will not come back in numbers large enough for the service sector to recover. Without a widespread service industry recovery, it's difficult to imagine a lasting economic recovery. Experts admit a recovery will require a vaccine. I admit, that first paragraph may ring a little hollow if you're an investor. Most investors are probably confused by the stock market's disconnection with what's going on in the economy. If a cure is needed and we are many months away from discovering that cure, why does the stock market continue to rise, week after week? The short answer is, bear market rallies are normal, particularly after the shock we experienced earlier this year. However, what isn't normal is the unprecedented stimulus injected into the economy by the Federal Reserve and Congress. I'm very concerned the vast amount of fiscal stimulus is masking fair valuation of the stock market. Faced with the simultaneous possibilities a company might go bankrupt or might get bailed out by the government at any moment. How can investors possibly decide the fair price for a company? Some investors are clearly now exhibiting irrational exuberance and I fear we are deep in the middle of one of the greatest bull traps of all time. Technically speaking, things don't look very good. 
the U.S. administration's response to this crisis is a total disgrace. Unfortunately without U.S. leadership, it seems the worldwide response to fighting this pandemic is, in a word, rudderless. Every country, and state, seems to be trying to figure it out alone with no internationally, or nationally, coordinated effort, at least not yet. The last moonshot had Kennedy. This moonshot is leaderless. Donald Trump thinks an injection of the disinfectant that knocks, coronavirus, out in a minute, should be looked into by the medical doctors, while Germany's Chancellor, Angela Merkel was quoted in a recent speech to lawmakers as saying, we're not living in the final phase of the pandemic, but still at the beginning. We will be living with this virus for a long time. If you are confused by the mixed messages of political leaders, or if you're suffering from FOMO, fear of missing out, as the stock market continues to grind slowly higher, I highly suggest you read read on before you call your broker to buy more shares. Historic Bear Markets Below is a series of sobering graphs taken from a screenshot from a YouTube video posted on the Final Bar channel. The video is excellent, I suggest you watch it, video link below the screenshot. They say a photo is worth a thousand words. Let's see if it's true. Below are comparisons of the S&P in 2020, the tech bubble of 2000-2002, Japan's bubble economy, 1990-1992. And of course the stock market crash of 1929-1932. I fully admit, past performance is no guarantee of future results. However, after viewing all of the above bear markets, if you still believe in a V-shaped recovery, contact me. I really want to know what you're seeing that I'm not seeing. In all of the above cases, after an initial shock sell-off, a long multi-month bull trap followed before the markets turned and ultimately continued to much lower levels. I strongly believe without achieving our moonshot and developing a vaccine that can stop this pandemic, the stock market must go lower, a lot lower, probably over the next year or more. Take a hard look at those historical bear markets. Peak to trough took on average, took over two years. Don't be in a panic to jump back in the market. We've been in a bear make for less than two months. We have a very long way to go. In fact, a typical bear market matches the time it will appears it will likely take for us to achieve our moonshot. The Great Bull Trap of 2020 The Great Bull Trap of 2020.link.medium.com Unemployment is already off the charts and economists forecast future unemployment numbers that make the Great Recession look like full employment. From The Bill Maher Show, HBO, April 24, 2020 to 1037 minutes Can the world economy afford the bailouts? Nancy Pelosi, and I assume all of Congress and the Senate claim the bailouts are aimed to keep as many people as possible employed until this temporary virus incident passes. Unfortunately, the various stimulus packages in the US, Canada, Japan, and Europe have not really accomplished everything lawmakers hope to achieve. Partly because they were created so quickly, partly due to corrupt opportunists, but ultimately because this crisis is not going away until we achieve our moonshot, developing a vaccine. Whether we believe in government intervention or not, it seems universally understood, the various stimulus and aid packages are critical to provide citizens and companies temporary relief. Yet I'm afraid this pandemic will likely overwhelm most of the stimulus in the long run, particularly if the scientists are right and we end up facing multiple waves and multiple strains of this virus. Unfortunately, no moonshot means continuing worry about your kids, your elderly parents, your job, and your investment portfolio for some time. 
I'll be writing soon about what the world economy might look like after the virus but I thought I would include a link to Umerhock's interesting article about a possible post-pandemic America. It's frightening, but well worth the read. Welcome to the new normal. America's, still, committing economic suicide. Why America is facing unprecedented economic disaster Ian.co. Final thoughts. Social distancing is working. Cities all over the world are flattening the curve. Sure, there are a few places prematurely experimenting with opening their economies. A few people are, in some cases, understandably, protesting. But generally speaking, social distancing is being complied with. Responsible citizens instinctively understand the important part they play in helping to stop the spread of this pandemic. Social distancing, common sense, social responsibility, and love for the world, your county, and neighbors are the kinds of virtues that will get us through this crisis. However, acts of kindness and civic duty are ultimately up to the individual. The decision to do the right thing will be decided, citizen by citizen. Every individual will have to ask themselves, what am I prepared to do for the sake of humanity? How do I want to be remembered by my family and friends after this crisis is over? What do I want my personal legacy to be? Although there may be no end to this situation anytime soon, by working together and watching out for the health and welfare of ourselves and others, we will eventually get through this. Stay strong my friends.